This episode of the TZR Podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com slash TZR. Justin. Ciao. Alex. Ciao. Did you know you can get 150,000 different books across multiple different genres at audibletrial.com slash TZR for a free 30-day trial? Yeah, That's I knew that. That's incredible. Isn't it, though? No, you can I, I listen to all of your types of books like Golden Compass or <laughs> Hunger Golden Games Compass. or what you guys are reading nowadays, and it's great. I'd recommend Theft of Swords. Thefts of, you're always reading something new. I know. It's like you're just making up these books. It's I'm not just even making real. them up. Anyway, guys, if you want to support this podcast, that is, again, audibletrial.com slash TZR. Welcome, everyone, to the TZR Podcast, episode 87. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Alex Schock. Hello, I am back. I'm glad you returned to the podcast, yes. my man. First time in three weeks. Yeah, and I'm also joined by Justin Chow. It's Justin Chow, and I'm so sorry, guys, that it is so hot in here. It's okay. Uh, we've got some fans and stuff going in the background, so if you hear a, a slight hum behind our wonderful, luscious, silky voices, that is uh, us having some fans on and perspirating <laughs> from the incredible So many fans. To compromise. Yeah, insane. we can't turn them off. <laughs> Literally, the house uh, that we are podcasting in right now uh, has very terrible insulation, and it was 97 degrees here in New Jersey today. And it still smells like mothballs in your house. Listen. Not as bad. I need to get rid of the squirrel somehow, <laughs> and apparently on the internet it said mothballs did it. And now my entire house smells like grandma. You just brought, like, like grandma. 50 old people, and you I had to walk around the house. You shoot out uh, the squirrels, and you shoot in a whole bunch of <laughs> Serious question, people. when's the last time you guys bought a mothball? Dude, I honestly wouldn't even know where to go to buy one. Right, Frank. exactly. An old, an old I think those were only a, that was only a problem back in the day <laughs> when, like, screen windows weren't real or made. Yes. And that was the thing. Anyway. Gentlemen, this is episode 87 <laughs> of the TZR Podcast, your yes. weekly Wednesday podcast where yes. you find out about gaming news and what the TZR team is playing and stuff like that. You can download <laughs> our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and all podcasting services across the web, and you can join us live at discord.gg slash TZR every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also download it later, you know, whatever. We are the number <laughs> one podcast if you type in the zero review. <laughs> there you go. We are the only one that shows up, actually. This is the first ever episode 87 of the TZR podcast. That's something that... Yeah, nice. Know. Well played. Um, guys, I'm really excited about us quickly approaching episode 100. We've got a pretty dope change in store for episode 100 uh, that one of our loyal <laughs> listeners and massive fans of the zero review has been waiting for. Uh Andrew Diggs, if you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. That was Alex, you're being replaced. We're I'm sorry, IGN. I can't keep it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's happening. All right, so guys, we've got some pretty, uh, some pretty interesting news topics, some pretty important news topics also that we uh, want to be discussing. Uh, but before we get into news, let's catch up. Let's find out what everyone's been playing, starting with Alex, because we haven't seen you in so long. Yes. So It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, so over the past... I guess it's been two weeks, maybe since I've been on the podcast. I've been, I've been, I've been really going through Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Um, oh, maybe we mentioned the is last really time you were going to start. I, I did, heard it was like start. mediocre. It is awesome. Um, it's got some serious problems. There are some things that do bother me, which annoy me that it bothers me because I was expecting perfection. I, yeah. I, th- I think you and I are going to meet on this because I've been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn too. Well, let's I'd... talk about it because okay. let me. Okay, let me say my thing, Go and then it. you tell me how you feel. So this game is awesome. Like, let me start with that. I'm having a lot of fun. The dinosaur is awesome. 
great progression, awesome yep. like item collecting stuff. It, it's like what it feels like an Assassin's Creed game, but not total shit. And yeah. actually her, interesting. Her like the characters, especially her, her facial expressions, like she looks like a real person. Mm. It's so weird. Like you, when you see her concerned, you know, mm. she kind of like I don't know, it's just it's weird it's and very the hair. It's very sure. believable and the story's great. Um, I just think what you're doing is great, like exploring the world and how you fight stuff and everything. So, what bothers me, it kind of has to do with the items. So, first of all, there aren't enough armor sets for me. Um, Really? I feel like totally overwhelmed by how many different pieces of, like, outfits you can put on. It's unbelievable. I feel feel like, like... well, there's like five pieces of armor, but then there's, uh, like the upgraded version and then the ultra version and then the exotic version oh uh, yeah, yeah and there's just only those five um but that's not even really the, it's the resource management that's really bad uh and i don't feel like any of those side quests give you any type of meaningful reward yeah a lot of the side quests i'm just doing to like kind of see my map fill in yeah or, or remove things from my well, map there's a whole big collection thing where you're running around collecting cups and like hidden figures and metal flowers and metal flowers which is cool yeah but then i mean if you haven't played this yet, don't listen. But you bring them in, and you just get like a box that doesn't. It just gives you more resources yeah, just more like that you end up board. selling because your resources you can't hold everything. Mm-hmm. So you're inevitably either dropping on the ground or selling it at the store. It's interesting that this is the issue that you bring up because I think there's one way more. Okay, so maybe I'm missing something. Okay, what what are you gonna say? My like the biggest issue that I have with this, and I mess and I mentioned this on last week's podcast, and Liz one hundred percent agreed with me. But the climbing is horrendous. Is there climbing? Well, there sort of is. Like it it handles it like an Uncharted game, where there are specific parts of oh yeah mountains and stuff that you're supposed to climb up. But it's like I'm playing this game fresh off of Zelda. Yeah. So it's oh like, I know. Yeah. So I go from being able to climb on everything to instead just like. Like Skyrim climbing, where I'm just jumping a oh, million times yeah. up the side of a mountain, and I'm just like, like creases in the graphics, and, yeah, <laughs> in, and the, in the polygonish. Yeah, walls. no, that, that's exactly what it is, and it sucks because like when you're running around the map and like doing other stuff, everything looks awesome. Your animations are unbelievable, like it's so good looking. But then it comes to a screeching halt the second you're like, how do I scale this? Yeah, and you're just jumping against walls, looking like an idiot because for so long. Where there's like a big like rocks sticking out of the ground and it's it's huge so it takes a while to even go all the way around it mm-hmm. and there's like one like little ledge that lets you hop onto it and then you can climb up uh so otherwise and it's not really easy to see yeah it's not it was kind of annoying to me in assassin's creed how they called it out so obviously yeah like they had, even had like a cut scene where but they see, zoomed in on it but even in assassin's creed or uncharted you could look at a surface and say like that looks like a ledge there yeah. i could probably grab that but that is not the case well, in Horizon. Like, they have, like, the white paint on it. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's only those. But you'll yeah. also see things that sort of look like you yes. can climb them on the buildings and stuff that you're... The game's like, nuh yeah. You are not climbing that. You are only climbing the one pathway that we're giving you for. So the only reason I didn't call that out as, like, a big issue is because, to me, that's the standard in games. Zelda mm-hmm. was the exception, and it was awesome, but that's what you did in The Witcher. When I scaled mountains, I was jumping up polygons. Yeah, you know, and I yeah. and, and you can do that in Horizon, but it doesn't usually help at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm having a great time with the game, but there there are things that stop the action like that, and I'm kind. I might just give up on collecting things. How far along into the game are you? Like, how much of the map have you revealed? I just have the 
uh, northwest corner left to do. Okay. And I've I've done all of the hunter trials and okay. blazing sunned all of those. I, I'm at the point where it's like just the right side of the map, like basically the entire right side of the map. Oh, that's what I, you did? Yeah, I oh, have okay. that like almost 100% completed. And uh, yeah, But there's I, like a big middle section, then yeah, the top left and bottom left. I'm not even that much farther ahead of you because I just, I did that whole right side and mm-hmm. then I went west and then I just been doing things there that opened up the map gotcha. naturally. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so sorry, Justin, I know you don't have much experience in this game. No, but, I, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying listening because honestly, like, I do want to play Horizon Zero Dawn again. I know it, it, I think it's become one of those games like The Witcher 3 where it's like, and I was afraid this was going to happen. I was really afraid this was going to happen, but it's like such a daunting game that I'm like, man, I, this is I will, another time it's investment. It's not nearly yeah. as daunting as like as big or as consuming as The Witcher. I would say half the reason why I was as comfortable as I was starting Horizon is because I've heard from multiple people that you can 100% like get the platinum in the game in 40 hours or less, and like I feel like I've played the game like only sporadically like here and there yeah. and i feel like i've progressed significantly in the few amount of hours that i've already put into it yeah like, and goddamn are those enemies cool to fight yeah it's fun like it's really cool because it's not like i feel like in most other open world games you can sort of brute force your way through it but in this one it's like you know liz was saying this a lot last week that you have to like actually make use of the items that you have like my new favorite thing is the uh the rope caster oh my god it's so cool the coolest item so what this one does like you have your normal the thing that you shoot the ground and it yeah, yeah and, then and, you and it, it binds down. it to the ground yeah. so for the longest time i was just like using my bow and trying to shoot stuff in the face or in the weak spots or whatever but then i eventually hit these enemies that were like too big. way too big and had way too much health yeah. to do so i was just like okay what do i do so i tried using like little ice grenades and that was pretty good but then when i started using the rope caster i was like this fundamentally changes yeah. the way that it like, gets them on enemy. the ground like yeah my, rope mines rope caster those tear arrows i don't know what these those do yet they're so good what does it do they blast off armor and weak really? and weak spots oh it tears yes off armor it, i see it just so you shoot it it's six of them and it doesn't do any damage but it's like this air pressurized arrow and you, you hear this like this sound like wow and then yeah, it goes yeah. it explodes in the shockwave and it like jerks to the side and there's like a hundred pieces of armor on any given maybe not that many but there's a lot of pieces of armor on any given enemy, maybe enemy. Like five so the bigger ones have a lot more individual sections but sure. they'll they'll fly off and even expose more weak points mm. uh or places you can stab or shoot arrows or oh, stuff so that's pretty dope and there's more there are other items that do terror damage like that but there's that specific bow or that specific arrow. Yeah, that it's uh, like purple. Yeah, yeah. So I just got one. I that use has rope that. and that and the regular bow. Yeah, my, yeah. It's. Cool. I mean, just from the mechanics that I saw at PAX West yeah. uh, last year. Actually, PAX West is coming up this year. But last year, uh, when they showed a demo of it, and I remember saying, like getting in and watching it and uh, being able to play it. Like the entire demo of what they showed, it was just pretty much a battle scene, and it was it was really really cool yeah. because there was like, a lot of things that. Uh, I guess it's like battle mechanics are cool, but it's like even cooler when you can string them together properly. And yeah, like, well that, that's what it is. And I feel like the game is definitely at its best when you're laying traps, yeah. using the rope thing, hitting weak points. Like, it's like doing you this. get this bull thing and you ride it into battle, and then you see this thing, and then you shoot it a couple times, and then you hide behind a bill. It's yeah. like fucking crazy. And it looks awesome. And it was cool because like when I I, I think I, I was with you when we yeah, saw yeah. or played that demo, and it seemed as though those things happening would be forced. Like, you're kind of like, oh, let me make this cool by doing all these different right, things. Right, instead of, yeah, I've many but, times with that. But the strangest thing is, like, 
that just sort of naturally happens as you're playing it. Like it's not because in the frantic it's nature of contrived. the game. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Like I first started using the rope caster after I was like, you know, trying to hit headshots, but this thing kept charging me. So I was like dodge rolling within inches of my life, being like, okay, this isn't working. Change the plan. So then I was like, okay, rope caster, and then I was like, wow whoa, this is working, like, this is great, yeah. you know what I mean? And then it, like, falls down, which lets me go over and, like, critical hit its weak points, and it, like, it's just cool. It's got a cool rhythm to it. Yeah. And, yeah, Aloy is just an awesome character, and, like, her interactions with the other uh, uh, NPCs and stuff is super good. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I might stop cl- doing all the collection stuff mm. uh, for a while. What's, but... the, what's the next game you're looking forward to after you beat this one? So... Well, we were talking about this a little before. I can't, I can't, I can't really talk about it, but I have been playing uh, Hand of Fate 2. I was able to get, like, this nice uh, preview copy from those guys. And I was a huge fan of the first game. Yeah. So, uh, really excited to, you know, dive into this thing, into the preview. Is it terrible that I and, actually... Uh, I mean, I've never so seen or actually, like, had any interest so in for, looking into. For those of you who don't know, and I didn't know about it either. I forget even why I had it. It might have been a free game on Xbox. Uh, it it was at yeah. one point. I remember Potts played it really early at a PAX East or something, and he really, really enjoyed it, but it so, definitely was not. Yeah, so it's game. like, it's sort of like a board game where you have a piece and you have upside-down cards that are in a row. Mm-hmm. It's like a path, right? And every time you take a step, the card flips over and it's a, an event. And it, it's either a good event, like, hey, you run in... And there's a story. It's like, hey, you run into a villager, you have to make a choice. Do you want to help them or not? Uh, and they'll give you some free stuff sometimes. Or you flip it over, and it's like, you know, thieves attack. What do you do? And you can either run away... Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you can, yeah, you it. can try to um, reason with them, and there's like a chance-based system, yeah. or you can attack them. And sometimes even when you... Things that you don't want to happen will happen, or... But you'll never really get into fights eventually. And mm-hmm. then it goes into this 3D sort of uh, Arkham-style fighting. It's uh, oh, cool. third person. Yeah, yeah. Action. Yeah. Action slashing. And you have items, too, that you pick up along the way because some of those characters that you oh, cool. come across yeah, give yeah. you items. So in the first game, your guy lands, and he's just like a normal guy. And a big card will like go over him, and then like a sword will appear in his hand, and then another one will go over him. Uh, like the different item cards are falling on top of him, and then your helmet falls on your head, and then your shield pops out, and then you fight with those items that you have with all special abilities. Oh, uh, that's kind of cool. So it's like part deck building, part Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I understand. And part um, hands of card, fate. card collector. Mm, there you go. Yes. So this is the sequel to that. It was super difficult and not in that fun way. <laughs> so <laughs> you mean you were relying on like RNG and stuff. It was just cheap. It felt cheap. The combat. It was so uh, hard. So I think they've fixed it without making it easy yeah or i mean that's when i talked to them that was their intent when yeah, i yeah. when i saw them at the convention mm-hmm. uh because that was one thing pe- people kind of had a love-hate relationship with it yeah so man it was just one of those kind of cult games that people really liked but wanted more of yeah so everyone's hoping that the second one solves the problems while keeping the best parts of it so that's kind of what i'm doing in rocket league nice. <laughs> you know in rocket league, so in rocket league. league. so what do you guys always up to? rocket league Justin, what about you? Uh, so, kind of like what you were saying about like frustrating gameplay, right? So, I've been playing uh, Death Squared, and let me tell you, what this game does really well is difficulty progression. Like, okay, so it's not frustrating, is what I'm trying to say. But um, what did such- you, you give it, by the way? I gave it a like it. Okay, and I gave it a like it because there were definitely like I wouldn't say I'm like a huge puzzle enthusiast, right? 
I do like like puzzle games, like Portal. Huge fan of Portal. Right. Braid was great. Fez was fucking fantastic. Yeah, something like Shadow of the Colossus. You know, Shadow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like. It, right, and that was it's more like an action game. puzzler. Well, it was like I mean, an action puzzle platformer yeah, right. kind of thing. But um, still, it's like... Not I, really, but... Okay, okay. Each, okay. Each, each monster was a puzzle. A lot of them had puzzles where you like a climbing puzzle. Yeah, yeah. You could argue that any game is a puzzle if you're figuring something out, but okay. Well, if okay. I was talking about, I'm, like, I'm, Zelda, I would say, like, the shrines are puzzles, right? There's essentially, like, a, a clear, concise way to do them That's properly. Fair. And in this case, with Death Squared, by the way, just to give you kind of like a... Yeah, an idea of what Death Squared was. Um, we actually saw it at PAX West last year, and it got a bunch of awards, but um, I got it for the Switch, and let me tell you first and foremost that this game is meant for the Switch because it is phenomenal, and it's a cooperative puzzler, right? So one to two players or up to four players. And what it is... And you basi- do the half Joy-Con thing. Right, right. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, the half Joy-Con. All you need is directional influence and... Actually, that's it. The buttons just make you like light up and emote and stuff, and it's kind of cute. Okay. But mainly... What about this game that they do like so well is that it is, by and large, like a traditional puzzler, a puzzle game, I suppose. But the biggest part is like it, it feels unique and fresh. Like the the mechanics behind it is simply like there's a there's a physics based engine behind it, right? And uh, there's like buttons and different things that make other things move, and it's up to you to essentially like unravel this knot. And that's how best I can like kind of relate it to. Like each puzzle isn't like a frustratingly like you need to react in a certain way or like be quick or you don't have to find some hidden route or anything like that it's always like this is what you're given here are the mechanics you're a a cube robot you're a robot that's literally shaped like a cube and you got to move to the goal and if you're playing with two players you both have to get to your goals at the same time or one after another but you both have to be at the goal and you have to survive and there's a bunch of different hazards a lot of different stuff but with uh, the story mode there's like 80 levels and overall like the best part about it is how easy it is to pick up and how easy or rather how great like the conveyance is around each of the puzzles it's like i give the controller over to somebody who just came in and we're on the 20th puzzle immediately they like know what to do exactly it's self-explanatory even on like the 70th level and i did beat the entire story mode all 80 levels alone by myself but uh playing through it it's like you give somebody the controller it's like okay so you do this 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 and you feel okay so that doesn't work so what else can i do and then eventually you're like okay what if you do and that's the best part too is again the multiplayer aspect yeah and it, i feel like if people are able to understand it right away that's like imperative for yeah. a cooperative kind of game you know what i mean because you're typically going to get like more casual people playing yeah. with you you know what exactly I mean? and the, and it's not saying that the levels are easy they're not actually it's like with the added uh like hazards or different mechanics that you'll be encountering as you go you'll pick up new techniques to get around these things and then you'll use those techniques and then couple those techniques together to then finish other later puzzles totally Um, were the puzzles themselves difficult the puzzles themselves are very difficult it's like like i said before it's like trying to untie a knot it's like every level the knot just gets slightly more convoluted and confusing but it's still just a knot you still have to figure out how to unravel it and like slowly like in the beginning you're like whipping around and you're like going really quickly and you're like done right but then towards the end you're like slowly moving on to buttons because you're like i'm not sure if this is gonna oh yeah that kills that other guy okay so i'm gonna move that guy out of the way this time okay and uh overall after finishing 80 levels of that and then about 20 or so levels of the party mode it does keep a count like a collective count of how many deaths you've had over the entire span since you've had the game it was uh, well over 500 some odd deaths. Oh, damn. Wow. Yeah. And how, many, how long did you play for? Uh, overall, like, so I looked at the thing and it said more than five hours. So I'm pretty sure I played for about, like, seven-ish hours. 
for the game, and then I. Yeah, how many times did you say you died? Five hundred in five hours. So yeah, about five or seven hours. Yeah. I mean, think about how many people or how many times you would die in like a. And other Super people would die. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. I I guess the what I'm picturing is not as fast paced as that. Uh, no, no, no. The game is like, it's slow paced. Uh, right. I mean, you die I mean. a lot. <laughs> like, there's times where you'll like take one sidestep and you're like, gosh, oh, can't do that. Gotcha. It's uh, it's weird. It's weird. But that like, sounds pretty cool. It's a, it's an interesting game. I would say again, like the reason why I think it's best for the Switch is because I did take it out of the dock and I did like bring it downstairs and I did ask my younger sister to play with me and I like just sat it down and we played with the two little Joy Cons and it, it worked perfectly. It was like made for that. That's great. The what? The one platform it's not made for, at least I don't think so, is uh, the PC, mainly because there's no online play, so you're by yeah. yourself, or you got to figure out how to control, uh, like right. throwing a bunch of controllers to it. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Last last thing, one thing that I did write in my review, the thing that would have made this a stellar game is level creation. If mm. you can create levels, because all the mechanics are, pr- it's all block structures. You're making these things. If you were to allow users to pl- like make their own like levels and then trade or share their levels with other people, that game would have crazy replayability. But now, since it's only 80 levels, like you're done. I have no reason to pick it up yeah. ever again. Snipper clips. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> there's like this voiceover, and it's uh, bad. Yeah, it's cringy. <laughs> Did you try the the half Joy-Con controller holder thing? Oh, the uh, forgot what it's called. The uh, I know the grip yeah, thing. The mold. The, there's like grips and stuff. No, <laughs> you didn't use those. No, because you, you don't need to. I just use the uh, what you call it? the. It's just you. Know, all you need is a joystick. But it's so much more comfortable than that. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah. I'll figure out what the names are for those again because they were definitely worth getting. Yeah, if you have a switch, for sure. What anyway, so that's mine. What so have, for me, uh, so similar to Alex, I was playing uh, a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn, really enjoying myself. Um, but I think the game that's worth talking about right now is uh, Player Unknown's Battleground or oh, yeah, or I saw PUBG you playing that. or Battlegrounds or whatever. Now we talked about it on the last podcast in in the context of like news or whatever. But basically, after that, I had so many more people, like you know, people on my Steam friends list and stuff. Yeah, everybody's talking about this thing, and I was like, okay, just to give myself some context, just so I can like have a frame of reference about what this game's actually about. I need to just get it and play it, just to see what's right. going on. Right, PUBG. PUBG and uh, early access, early access, thirty dollars. But dude, yep. it is fucking great. I was watching you play. It is like I'm still not buying it yet. <laughs> it's so weirdly compelling and just like interesting. Like uh, to give people a rundown of what it is, is it's essentially a uh, Arma three mod. So in the vein of like a Daisy or something like that. Um, but the way the game plays out is like the Hunger Games, right? So you start out, there's only one stage, it's this giant island, and uh, you like fly... giant, giant. Yeah, and you fly in with uh, 99 other players, so it's 100 people total, and you just, you choose a location to skydive out of the plane, and then you land on this island. And then upon landing, your job is basically to scavenge for items, find guns, armor, backpacks, healing items, the whole nine, right? And then... A few moments after the last person lands on the island, you look at the map and there's a circle that's very slowly closing in. And that's and basically, if you're outside of that circle, you will die. So 
the it's kind of like constraining the battle to a certain like section which is huge when it first starts out like i can't stress enough like alex said the map right. is giant right um but you're being sort of like sh- ushered or yeah, ushered shepherded yeah ushered is a good word ushered toward this like you know main combat area where you have to like meet up with other players and players are just basically killing each other off until there's only one left yeah and it has this incredible sense of tension and like pressure to it because even like you want to go around and find as many items as you can but like if you're away from the circle you have to get there and then every gunshot you hear or footstep you hear you kind of like get nervous and you're like oh man what are we gonna do and the game solo is very interesting and does a good job of introducing these mechanics to you but truly the game starts to shine in duo and squad based modes which is duo is you and a friend go down as a team and your team has to basically kill all the rest of these teams uh, I was playing with Preston. Shout out to Preston. Um, one of our other writers on TZR, and we fucking dominated. We were doing really? so good. Yeah. Uh, the highest rank we got was we were number four out of 100. Because I thought you had been terrible at that. No, I, sure. I, I am bad. Preston carried me a lot of the time. <laughs> but uh, so that and squad based, which is up to four players, can go in together and See, basically I, operate I as I would a think unit. that the squad based or do, I, I would think that that would break the game a little no, bit. No, it's fantastic. Because it, it completely changes the way that you engage with people. Like when, it's, when you're in solo, it's just a free for all. So you're hitting people from every direction. But like when I was playing with Preston, you know, we would go to a location like, let's say, the school. And we would say, okay, we're going to split up down this hallway. I'll go this way. You go this way. And then he would be like, oh, man, I hear someone in the hallway. They're between us. And I would be like, okay, I'm going to flank them, throw a grenade in this window so it flushes them out. And then you'll be there to, like, kill them as they escape. And then they're like, oh, man, but that means his friend is somewhere. So if we kill him, now we have to be on the lookout for wherever his friend is, you know? Yeah. So, So it just it creates these really cool moments. And I don't know. The game is just so unbelievably compelling. And correct me if I'm wrong. Each round, like this sounds like this long experience. They're like 20 minute games. Yeah, it's fast. So like if you die immediately, you're talking seconds. But if if you're in the top 10, it is like I think each round caps at maybe 20 minutes. You know what this is sounding like? It's sounding like all the best parts that I've had with DayZ. But in 20 minutes. And then I get to replay them. I was was talking to Alex about it earlier. And I I think it was at that time that I, I figured out what what it is right and it's all that daisy and stuff was but like concentrated and and turned into sort of like a matchmaking kind of thing where it's like you can play multiple matches in one session and like have a really compelling experience and because it's concentrating the item gathering the combat and all this stuff into a very sort of like pressured situation it definitely changes the feel of it a little bit but it, it really just concentrates all of that gameplay in one go you know what I mean? I was thinking about Daisy and some of the best parts in Daisy. We didn't see a damn person. You know, know. We, we were just scavenging. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking like the story behind well, the story when Alex, you were up in the cliffs and right. I went to a barn to check it out, and you were sniping from the cliffs, and then right. we got but we got like bum yeah. rushed by three people, and then you took them out with the sniper as I was like defending the the barn. It was I was like a pressured situation. Right. Well, see that, that stuff, was great. That stuff can totally happen. And what's awesome with PUBG is like you can. You can create those moments if you want to, depending on how you approach a certain match. So, like, when me and Preston played, the first match that we went into, um, we decided to land in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, there are hot 
uh, air quotes, hot locations on the map that typically people will go. Like, like does uh, the map change? It's well, the same map every uh, time. Because I was about to say, change. like, why don't you just no, no, find no, the center so and then just stay on. there the entire time? So, no, no, so the circle changes oh. positions on the map, so it'll draw you into different Damn. sections. But here's the thing, right? The, the key and what makes each of the rounds so interesting and compelling is where and how good the items are that spawn around you, right? So, like... You can go to a very hot location like the military base. Now, in the military base, there's a really high likelihood that you're going to find some awesome guns really fast because it's a fucking military base, right? But so many players go there right at the beginning because uh, they want the best equipment. It's like the so, cities in DayZ. Yeah, so it's like you could go there to like get good equipment, but then it's going to be a, a bitch to get out of there. Or you could decide to fall into, like, just some random farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, which might or might not have good equipment, but, like, you're probably going to uh, survive for a That's why you skydive out in the beginning, so you get to, like, choose so you get where to you choose land. your location. Exactly. Like, can you see where other people are landing? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, damn. And that, that changes the dynamic a lot. Like, I remember at one point we were like, okay, let's go to this random house. No one will go there. And then as we're parachuting down, Preston and I are like... Uh, dude, and I'm like, what? He's like, look behind you, and I look, and there's like five other people <laughs> parachuting to the same location, and I'm like, fuck. And he's like, okay, you go here, I'll go here, try to find equipment as soon as possible, and we'll just like, like join up on this one guy and try to kill him before everyone else gets us. You know what I mean? So like, your strategy is is manifesting and changing by the second when you're playing. Like, it's so so cool and compelling. Like. I'm completely obsessed with this game right now. Like it's, that sounds awesome. It's ridiculously fun, and it, it's so it's so much bucks. better. It's so much better with multiple people. Like, oh my god, damn. So, okay, I could keep gushing about this game. Yeah, for a no, while, no but, that sounds uh, great though. It, it's like, super fun. Like I, I mean, I've seen some of the play, like gameplays of it, and I was like, I mean, I've seen Arma, I've seen DayZ, like, it, but like I feel like the pressure adds. It's completely different when you're like in it. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it's like I also the see why third Twitch most so streamed like, game on yeah, Twitch. Yeah, exactly. The, I was just the like to say. third most played game on right. Steam well, right now. Da- like Daisy's to me, Daisy's allure was the 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 slow pacing of it. Yeah, and then those events happened, but they were kind of few and far between, which made them special. Right. But like Skirbo was saying, this just takes that whole exp- that whole what four or five hour experience sometime right. of roaming the island collecting the shit and eventually coming across someone which has its own it's literally reward to it but it's just smash all that together that i feel i'm sure segments. i'm sure there are down downtime points right it's just like oh dude like hunger game situation uh, again, where everybody runs for the cornucopia but again, you know 20 minutes. Th- that's what it is it totally it totally what, oh, depends right. on how you play how you play the game like the one match that i when i was playing solo that i did the best in um i think i got ranked like six or seven um, out of a hundred people. Damn. Now, the way that that happened was really funny. So, like, I... So, randomly through the map, like, th- there's a whole bunch of, like, random variables that happen. Like, in an area where there's a lot of people, they'll have artillery strikes. So, they're, they're, called, uh, they're called red zones, mm-hmm. where, like, this big part of the map will get highlighted. And it's like, okay, you better get inside or get the fuck out, because, like, it's about to be bombarded by explosives. So it's like that happens. Or while you're going around, you'll see a plane fly over and drop care packages that have like the best equipment in the game in them, but they let off this huge like flare. So it's high risk, high reward. So everybody's like sniping at that Exactly, exactly. But like if you're the first one there or if you're there and no one else is there and you grab it, it's like great. So in this example that I did like really well, I just happened to be right by where they dropped one of these things. So I go in and I get, like, the best assault rifle in the game and I get a ghillie suit, which ghillie suits are, like, they don't happen, right? No, you know what a ghillie suit is, Yeah, right? ghillie suits were great in Daisy too. So in this one, it's like, 
all so after I got the ghillie suit, I just unequipped everything and then just sat in a bush in the <laughs> middle of the circle and nobody fucked with me. Like I saw people running past and cars passing and all this stuff and I just didn't move and nobody could see me up until mm. the the square or the circle got so small that it was like two buildings and I had to move from my location and that's when I'm like crawling on the floor and like trying <laughs> to like snipe people and stuff but like oh, so you like use the assault rifle? I, I tried to and then died immediately because, like, some guy got the jump on me. But, uh, and then there's, like, all these weird, like, metagame stuff. So, like, one of the most overpowered items in it, and this is going to sound retarded, but is a, uh, is a pan, a frying pan. Now you're like, okay, why would the frying pan be so OP? Because when you have it on you and it's, and it's not equipped, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's on your person, but you're not using it. It covers your butt. So huh. you see it hanging from you. So if someone shoots you from behind, it deflects bullets. Wow. <laughs> which is, like, That's which is crazy. So if you're, like, in a situation, you can run away and this person's trying to hit you. But you'll just hear bullets pinging off of your I, pan. I like, feel like that's a shout-out to um, the Japanese movie. Battle Royale? Battle Royale. Because oh. you get random weapons in that movie. Oh, yeah. And someone had a pan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much inspired by that kind of uh, by right. that movie and stuff. That was also a great movie. If man, you what ever a cool it. game! What a cool game! Yeah, that sounds awesome. Everyone's man. talking about it now. I feel yeah. like I need to play it. There's like I new... feel like that well, game would be a new kind of like Rocket League e type of game. It, dude, it totally is right now. It like they did say that there's a new map coming out very shortly, and that the development cycle should be done before the end of the year. Like there will be a full complete release before the end of the year. So they say. Um, I mean, they have to, right? This is this is always why I want to. Like, this is why I'm torn between buying an early release game. Well, wasn't or Daisy waiting. Is it going to be early access as well? No, that Daisy was a, was a mod that you downloaded for free. Yeah, uh, you just have you to, buy have to buy Arma. Well, there was a standalone one. Yeah, nah, I'm not even sure that came out. No, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident it was, that there's a standalone it's in, one, but it's early access. access, right? I think they called it Daisy, and I don't think there were any zombies in it. <laughs> yeah. So, this, right, this is the thing. Like, I want to play it, but I also want. I don't like to invest my time into something that's incomplete. I'd yeah. rather like have an amazing time in the best experience. Yeah, I mean, you know I, what I mean. I'm of the mind where like this, this is like I know it's hot right now. It's though. a wildly compelling experience, even though it's in. Early I mean, access. it does it sound compelling just level, the way you, you described know? it. You know, I just yeah, don't want to get burned fun. out before the whole game comes out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's gonna stay fresh with like new maps and stuff, but I mean, we'll see. New um, maps. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the next one's gonna be a desert map pretty exciting anyway that is actually kind of cool yeah do you have to worry about water and temperature and all that no all right just healing and you heal by en- drinking energy drinks and your it's legs don't break right your legs don't break oh, it, is energy- a third, it is a third person shooter yeah yeah it does have like a first person toggle thing oh okay um, well does it have uh like bones breaking and stuff no are the monster dr- uh, the monster are the energy drinks uh branded yes they're red bulls wow <laughs> It up, Red or, Bull. or if I'm not reading the really like gritty, you know, texture for it correctly, it's definitely Red Bull colors. Oh, okay. Um, all right. All right. Anyway, so guys, so, what do you say we get dope. into some news? Sounds good. All right, let's get into some news. All right, so to start this off, I want to talk about something uh, a little bit serious, but I think it's something that affects all of us personally, as well as everybody listening, as well as anybody that uses the internet. Um, but if you did not know, today is a uh, nationwide net neutrality protest. Uh, essentially, the FCC is trying to pass uh, a rule called the... Or, uh, oh, the Internet Freedom Act. I yeah, think. yeah. The uh, Restoration of Internet Freedom Act, which is so ridiculous. And it, it literally does the opposite of that. Yeah, so so essentially what this law is trying to do is, is uh, basically break up net neutrality. Uh, if you don't know, net neutrality basically is a uh, is a 
set of guidelines that ISP providers have to follow that essentially dictates how people are able to access the internet and basically letting it be free and open. What this rule does is essentially takes that regulation away and allows ISP providers to essentially prioritize or deprioritize certain parts of the internet for all of its consumers. So what does that mean? That means if Verizon, Fios, is providing your internet and they have a video streaming service, they could choose to slow down or outright block services like Netflix or um, or like Amazon Instant Streaming or what have you because they're direct competitors for it. And they can do that because they're providing and the this only this only came about because things like Netflix and other streaming services are essentially like no, this, this, taking up more bandwidth. Well, this has been something right? that ISPs have been trying yeah. to get control over for a while because they essentially like own the space in it, but it's been heavily like regulated and like makes them sort of report on how these things are, you know, being operated to make sure that the internet is free and open and accessible to everybody. And now the reason why this affects all of us and the reason why we're talking about it right now is because any of us that are listening to this, you know, gamers, we're, we are utilizing the internet every day. And if certain ISPs decided to uh, slow down or prevent access to things like PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, or Steam, you know, that's a massive, massive problem for us. And yeah, that that's not something that I think anyone, any right. one of us could get behind. And frankly... I can't watch cable again, guys. I can only stream. Yeah. I can only stream. So frankly, letting this letting a bill like this pass is a net negative for everyone. Literally yeah. anybody that's paying net for internet negative. or utilizing the internet in any way right now will be negatively affected if this bill passes. So what I would compel anybody to do is go on Google, type in defend net neutrality, and there are a number of different petitions that you can sign that get in contact with the FCC, that get in contact with your local congressman, and will help combat this new law from passing. It's super important. Like, I, I'm not a heavily political person, and it's not something that I can really, like, say that, you know, like, I don't follow politics in any sort of real way. But when you're trying to fuck with my internet, you know what I mean? <laughs> when, when, yeah. when you're trying to truly negatively affect the, the thing that our business is run off of, yeah. and something that everyone within our community would be affected by, we have to say something. Um, and they're right. I mean, well said. Thanks. I mean, yeah. you can go on. I mean, right now it was the today was like what the top five posts of Reddit, but you can go in there. And what I did was, um, there was a website that pretty much filled out this default email for you and would send it, um, kind of in opposition. So you signed your name, you signed your email and it just had this long and this long explanation of why you oppose it and who is, you, and, and it'll send it out. Is there any reason why this would be a good thing? No. Yes. It's it strictly no. only... Well, it only benefits corporate right. stakeholders of ISP providers. That is literally the only people that it benefits. So, it, but, it, it, Yeah, go ahead. You touched on this before, but their whole reason their kind of mouth is watering is because they're seeing the rise over the past 10 years, the rise of video streaming and right. game streaming. Right. So they're seeing things like Netflix and they're thinking, well, I'm still... They're paying for the same amount of internet but Netflix is using up this, this huge majority of, and other streaming services using up this huge majority of that bandwidth. Yeah. So it's like, we need to find a way to charge for this or limit it in a way that can make us more money. Yeah. And that's exactly what this does. Yeah. You know, it, it'll charge the user for using too much internet. So there is quite literally 
no benefit for users. Correct. This That's is not true. a like. This is not a Democrat Republican argument. This is not like an old person young person thing. There's no like divide here. This is they are taking away the freedom of the internet the way it works and operates right now. Yeah. And it's just giving money to Comcast and Verizon and and yeah. all those top. It's 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 providing all internet service providers with an avenue to charge you more money for shit that you already have. Literally, that's what it is. Uh, a comment from one of our listeners, Beowulf, uh, who's joining us on TZR Live, uh, discord.gg slash TZR, uh, says, it's just to make a monopoly. Some people can uh, some people can only get one ISP, so they, th- they think they can take over streaming services and spots that they provide internet, and services can pay money to ISPs so they can get more money. So truly, this is strictly a, like I said, it only benefits money, corporate stakeholders grab, yeah. for ISP providers. So my request, my plea to everyone is do your part. If you even go on Reddit's homepage, the top like three posts are all up guiding you to services that can help you combat this law from passing. So and there are a lot of huge websites out there that are supporting this and using today is the day of protest. Yeah. yeah. It's um, uh, just to name a couple just because I heard this on NPR on the way here. Uh, Reddit Airbnb, OkCupid, um, a few others. They're all just, uh, they're all very much in support of this because it does nothing but make the internet a worse place. There's a lot of misinformation about it. Not a lot of people know about it. They're kind of, you know, trying to slip it in, you know, calling it the Internet Freedom Act or whatever. Uh, and it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, no, (laughs) and it's the freedom for them to charge you more money for shit you already have. They tried to do this few years ago and the internet rose up and yeah. stopped it yeah um in the obama era yeah in the I obama guess. days and now it's back yeah. with a sleeker name yeah it's unfortunate that that one time that we all defended this it didn't uh wasn't enough but yeah this, well, this is something that requires begs the attention. question is it ever gonna be enough like is it just gonna keep happening listen we we have to be the defenders right. you know what i mean no, that's crazy. Nobody else is going to fight for us. You know, corporations will continue to fight to make more money for right. stuff that they can. But it's our job. It's our responsibility as consumers to to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's important. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was settled last time because the Internet was made a utility. So it wasn't. So it was made like it's like water. Util, um, utility means it's like water. It's like. Uh, power, you know, it, it's not something that it's can commodity just be, resource. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought it could be, it couldn't be, I don't know, strangled like this or monopolized. Yeah. But. One of our uh, one of our other listeners, uh, TZR sweetheart in Dahlia, was <laughs> saying that other companies like Discord, Etsy, and Netflix are also participating in this petition. So, you know, do your part. Damn, <laughs> it's yeah. super important. If I was, even if I like, was one of like the C level peeps over at Verizon. I'd be sad going back home and getting slow internet. That sucks. <laughs> Where's Ryan? Ryan <laughs> Brink. Yeah. One, of my, one of my friends works at, uh, I think it's Comcast. Comcast? I've got a bone yeah. to pick with Ryan. I know. Comcast is probably one of the worst. Ryan! All right, guys, what do you say we uh, we move on to another news topic yeah. for now? Or should we give away our free game? Uh, let's do that while we pull up the True Gaming Topic of the Week. So let's Excellent. keep going. So, okay, we've got a few more news topics, and then before we get to the True Gaming Topic of the Week, we will get there. So, number two is, this week we saw the conclusion of uh, uh, Summer Games Done Quick, uh, the speedrunning competition that takes place every year. Uh, this is the sister to Awesome Games Done Quick, which takes place in the fall. Um, this is basically a speedrunning competition that raises money for Doctors Without Borders, and this time around they raised $1.7 million, which is... That's... 
fantastic. Wow. They nice. just keep doing better every what did year. They do last year. Same thing. They they just run crazy speedrunning competitions for like every I, major game. Did they raise more this year? I believe they always sort of float around two million. I think okay. the most they ever raised was uh, cracking two million. But uh, straight up though, like I watched them play near, and immediately I was like, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I want to play near anymore. Like when I see like games played like stupidly fast or just like really well done, it. It's like does it make you feel? It's not like good the enough? days of StarCraft where I thought I was good, but then I watch YouTube videos of StarCraft players and I'm like, wow, <laughs> damn, yeah, it, man. Sorry, it's, it's a really cool like phenomenon that speedrunning's catching on in such a way. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I I love this. Did you did you watch anything in particular? I watched uh, the uh, Super Metroid runs, which is something that I try to watch every time. Okay, it's one of my favorite games to watch. Yeah. All right. A, a weird uh, statement for me right now, which is contradicting what I just said. I love seeing Mega Man X speedruns, and oh Metroid God. is fucking also one of the dopest ones. Yeah, to some watch. of the older. It's like kind of cool. sick. Like yeah, how they're so it's, good it's at unreal. This game. These like these people dedicate so much time <laughs> or battle to make this stuff work. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they are they are impressive, and we uh, commend all of their actions and all the money that they raise for Doctors Without Borders. So kudos to you, uh, tip of the hat to your uh, to your event, and uh, we wish you the best of luck at Awesome Games Done Quick later this year. I also like how they like describe what they're doing too. That's nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's really what it is. Like for people that are interested in getting into speedrunning, yeah. it's probably the best competition to look t- uh to look to because people are commentating over their runs talking about the tricks that they're doing yeah. and stuff. I mean, last cool. year during our Extra Life uh charity event, uh you did a kind of like a speedrun of Mario 64 and you were doing shit that I had, didn't even know yeah, it was, it was possible. A 16 star run. I'll bring that you, back for this year. Yeah, and then you explained like how the the ever-growing hallway could be like glitched out and what it really was when they developed it it was yeah kind of like blew my mind a little bit that's cool i'll bring that back for this year's uh, extra life event which honestly we should have some news coming out uh, about that pretty soon look forward to some news on extra life uh 2017 on our next podcast um, i haven't started planning one, or thinking one about last that note all. on net neutrality that Indalia, one of our listeners brought up uh you porn big supporter of uh <laughs> of the net neutrality so if you like porn and I know it's like 90% I of you I do out love there. my porn, but uh, I think I'm a little bit more of like a Pornhub kind of guy. Right. Or, I mean, Pornhub too. Pornhub. I think. I don't know. Probably. Pornhub. Anyway. God. That was You want thing. your porn. Yeah. You go sign this, yeah. sign this protest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, two last pieces of news before we move on to our true gaming topic of the week. These are a little bit lighter. Uh, so, this week we saw the Nintendo Direct for Splatoon 2, which is super exciting to me i mean there was some stuff in there that was that looked kind of whack i'll be honest uh especially around the nintendo online service and how their application works yeah. in game which is exactly as sloppy as we all imagine explain it uh so like they they have a new app coming out called splatnet oh that is the wow. app that will be handling you got your <laughs> you porn <laughs> your <laughs> porn hub yeah, and your splatnet yeah so uh, Splatnet is the oh, is the app, saying it. is the app that Splatoon Two will be using uh, to handle Nintendo. What's wrong? What is, with wait, you? what does that mean? What? what do you mean handle? To handle their online lobbies, voice chat. Is it like and... battle? It's like BattleNet. Wait, you mean like Nintendo? Like you will not be able to make lobbies in game. You have to use this application. And is it on an your app phone on the Switch or I is it an app on your phone? It's an app on your telephone. What the so you fuck? Use your telephone to voice chat. For, All right, hold on. Matches Pump the brakes for a second. That's how you organize lobbies. And stuff. Do you think? And I mean, given Nintendo is pretty terrible when it comes down to like business decisions, at least so I've heard. 
But anyway, so like with this thought, like you know that they want to get into the app space, right? They want to get into the mobile space. Do you think they're pushing you? Nope. This is just a stupid, it, stupid any, thing. Anytime, this is a rule of thumb now. I've come to realize. Anytime you th- you think you do exactly what you just said, where you say, "Well, Nintendo did this." Do you think they're trying to do something else? No. Nintendo is never trying to do that extra step. They're kind of just doing their thing. They're just trying to figure it out. And it has this weird fallout effect. Sometimes it's good. You know, then you, you get a Wii. Do you but sometimes think, it's bad. Do you think that they take all the things that work really well in today's society and, like, go, we have to be different? And then they do it's like different those things, on purpose. I no. have no idea. I have Again, no idea no. what would lead them think? to this thing. But uh, so that was that was the low point. But if we're talking about the high points, the new single player looks awesome. The uh, the new co op mode, um, the co op wave based mode, Salmon Run looks super good. They showed off a whole bunch of new uh, weapons and items and stuff. I'm really excited for Splatoon Two. Yeah, one of the uh, one of our um, <clears throat> listeners, Rye Guy. Um, who often hangs out on the Discord channel and talks to us, he was asking me whether or not I was getting Splatoon 2, and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely definitely going to jump on that. But Guy, I'm sorry, if there's no <laughs> matchmaking, and if I need to do it through an app, and if it sounds as clunky as it is, then I might wait a few weeks to see what Justin has to say about it first. I got a, I I got got a problem. I mean, I don't know. I don't even remember what I'm going to say, but... I don't um, know. I think you're going to be disappointed because a couple weeks isn't going to make a difference. I I feel that way too, but I want to see it. I got to see it. I was going to buy arms originally, but then they showed me the matchmaking is fucking terrible. I'm of the mind that Splatoon 2 is going to be fantastic because Splatoon 1 didn't have any of this stuff to begin with. Literally had none of it to begin with. And it was amazing. And I love. I mean, there was Splatoon online 1. multiplayer without. There was online multiplayer. There's, a, there's also online multiplayer in Splatoon 2, but it's specifically if, like, I want to link up with you and voice chat via the game, we would both have to be in this phone app, which is weird. But, like, okay, if okay, would, okay. If Wait, no, 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 that makes just... sense now. I mean, partially, because you wouldn't be able to talk to each other in a party if they. I mean, we already knew that it was going to be app uh, based anyway for the voice chat, right? Yeah. So, That's what it technically, is. they shot themselves in the foot, probably intentionally. I don't even know. Nope. If they they thought it was a boost, it wasn't a boost. But essentially, because they're doing the whole like voice chat through your phone, they're like, well, it doesn't. It, we have to do the party system through the phone now too, in order yeah. for you guys to talk to each other. I'm still of the mind that like if you and I wanted to play, and I saw that you were playing Splatoon two, I should technically be able to send you an invitation or something in the Switch. Yeah. To to play, but if we just wanted to voice chat or something, or organize like a lobby or something, that would have to be on this phone thing. I, I don't know. Either so way, dumb. I feel like we're focusing on the wrong thing here. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a step back here. Do Spl- you think... Splatoon 2 looks super good. I'm so excited about the new modes coming to it. I, I think it's going to be great, and I think both of you are going to be, like, Shut the surprised. fuck up for a second. I can't Ooh, stop thinking. <laughs> I can't stop going, like, reeling in my head the the whole interview with Reggie with... Uh, was it Kotaku who did that? With the whole uh, talk behind, like... Reggie. Don't want to carry clunky headsets. Do you think it was a bad decision to make the smartphone the thing that you use to talk to people? And then he goes, well, everybody has a smartphone, so it just makes sense. Well, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Yeah, it was a bad idea. Yeah, obviously. He's he's got to stick to whatever his his developers said that they're doing. No, but he's got to have... Reggie definitely has some type of influence on the final decisions. It will be exciting to see our real-world case study on July 21st, which is next Friday, when the game comes out. I'm super stoked for it. What was the app called again? Splatnet. <laughs> uh, I, just I actually forgot again. for a second. <laughs> On to our right. last piece of news for today. Uh, we found out details about the Star Wars Battlefront 2 open beta. It will be taking place <laughs> uh, in October of this year. And I just sort of wanted to get your guys' 
feelings. I mean, on... we all know that the two also means that there was a previous one, and then that I own the previous one, and that it was garbage. It was bad. I mean, I'm I'm it was not a... a Battlefront fan. Yeah. I was so. a huge Battlefront fan of like you know the original games. Sure. And this new one had just the prettiest wrapping paper ever, <laughs> you know. But once you tear that off, uh, it was an empty box. It just kind of had of misery and despair. It had this this. It was a fun shell, but there just wasn't anything else to it. Yeah. And it oh, man, it, it had a menu really screen. I mean, in this, they did say that there's a, a more heavy focus on a story mode in this one. I'm not really sure what. Yeah, and I saw some of the air combat too going on. This yeah, is, I don't know what their plan is as far as like multiple maps when it comes out or whatever is it gonna be a like a battlefield one but star wars the whole thing about battle- be battlefront one but star wars and number two <laughs> battlefront always wow. had those you know capture the points and i know there are modes like that but it was third person you know you're one of an army and you're pushing forward and this one just does not feel like the the first one did not feel like that at all a lot of those modes were taken out and a lot of people thought they would you know they were intentionally holding them back to put them in the second one yeah which is kind of what we're seeing yeah so i really my expectation levels i'm not gonna get it i mean i i played around with the battlefield one beta or the battlefront one beta and like it was cool it was exactly the kind of game that i had some fun with playing in a beta but like i think it's gonna be a hard sell for me to get totally back on board with this franchise i don't know it's just like i love star wars i've been playing galaxy of heroes like nobody's business but like, I don't know. Like the Battlefront games just never really like fool me once. With me. Shame on you. <laughs> is it gonna have a single player campaign? Yes. Did you always said? Yes. Yes, it will. It needs Heavy to have that ga- uh, conquest, the Galaxy Conquest mode. Galactic Conquest. Galactic Conquest was yeah. so good. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, did, I did see the. Uh, I mean, on on par with the news topic right now. I did see the, like the hero list, and it it was pretty like filled out. I mean, it looked cool. There was like probably a good seven or so of like the forty that I. Really I, know. Cared about I loved seeing them and then getting killed by them over and over and over again. <laughs> and then never getting chosen to be that person. That's right. hilarious. What a bunch of crap. Anyway. All right, gentlemen, what do you say we move on to our true gaming topic of the week? Let's wow, do is it. this the first time we've done a true gaming yeah, topic in like a long-ass motherfucking... You, you haven't done it in the past couple weeks? True gaming topic of the week. <laughs> yeah, nice. no, we haven't. So before we move on to our true gaming topic of the week, as you all know, we like to give away a game on uh on the tzr podcast every week and this week we are giving away what is quite possibly one of my favorite games of all time this is the ultimate hd version of resident evil 4 the best of all resident evil games frankly uh made the biggest impact and is uh quite spectacular of a game this is a steam code so if you are listening to our podcast live at discord.gg slash tzr and are interested in picking up a free copy of Resident Evil 4 Ultimate HD Edition, get ready to type in your code right now. That code as follows is 97... This is either an L or an I. <laughs> either all capital L or all capital L. Do it oh, over. 97 <laughs> capital I 87 J H. L X G P T T three R. Once again, that is nine seven I as in Igloo. Igloo. Eight seven J as in Jeffrey. H as in Helena. L as in love. X as in xylophone. G as in 
Jeffrey. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> P as in Peter. T as in totally awesome. T as in totally awesome. Three R as in rabbit. Is that a Steam code? That is, you a, say? that is a Steam code. Code for Steam. That is a code for Steam. And if you're listening to this a day later on the actual podcast... Who knows? Maybe these scrubs on our live didn't get <laughs> right. So, so try it out. Uh, you know, you never know. All right. Well, with, you, that said, <laughs> yeah, with that said, yeah. With that said, let's uh, move on to the true gaming topic of the week. So, uh, Justin, would you like to talk to us about this topic that you so chose for us? Sure. This true gaming topic of the week is so. Uh, this uh, topic was submitted by a Reddit user called Just a. Stick. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I like the way you said his name, too. <laughs> and the topic is about investment in the story of a game franchise. So without going into heavy detail about... like He's got two paragraphs of stuff here. Um, but essentially what it's talking about is how much does a game's storyline sort of affect your investment in that overall game series and the, the way that I'm sort of interpreting this question is would you follow a series through just because of how your investment in that game's can story? I read that last yeah go line. for it uh, he at the very end of it uh, does ask have there been franchises in the past few years that you have grown an emotional bond with where you anticipate where you're anticipating the release of the next installment or have you been in the same predicament as me where I assume that he's asking, like, he just picks up games as they come. Yeah. And then I also think, like, it, are, do you have any examples of games that you did follow through that might not have been awesome games, but you followed through just because you're a fan of the storylines? I I mean, to be honest, and I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, I've always had difficulty... I have difficulty following the stories of games often. Like, I'll play a game, and then I'll kind of forget it, which is why I've always had trouble doing the 60-second lores. Yeah. Uh, so... Really? Yeah, so it's always been, it's tough for me to like really remember a story and then continue on with it years later. You know, something like uh, The Walking Dead. I did the very first episode and I liked it. You know, I really, really liked it and I was looking forward to playing the second one. Never played another, never played another uh, Telltale Telltale game ever again. So, on one hand, I you know I can really get into the story, but. I think it's really hard for me if that's the only element that I loved about it mm. to really drag me through. So, a, so game. how about something like uh, like the Halo franchise? Because I know you were the world's biggest Halo fan. I was the world's biggest Halo fan, <laughs> and uh, it's sort of like I, you kind of fall away from it. I loved the first one in the story. Mm. I was super into the second one. It kind of ended on a cliffhanger, and I was into the third one, but I kind of lost the thread. Gotcha. It was sort of like when I was a kid. It and started I, losing itself around that time. Yeah, I know. And, I, you know, as a kid, when I stopped reading the Harry Potter books, I could not have been more into Harry Potter as a kid. Mm-hmm. But there was just such a long gap between, in my in my recollection, the fourth and the fifth one. Yeah. Uh, that it, it just faded. And even though the fifth one came out, it just wasn't enough from, to bring me back to the series. It just wasn't compelling enough. Even though I just read it again. I don't know. Like, I mean, in a, a similar note, like, I think of... The second in sequels, and I'm thinking of, like, I mean, it it comes down to, like, RPGs for me, and when I think about, like, my emotional bond to things like Bravely Default or, I mean, games that were fantastic that I absolutely love and are at the top of my list, like Final Fantasy Tactics, like, I can recite those stories still to this day pretty well, and if Final Fantasy Tactics 
came out with a second installment of that game, I would be all over that. So, I, but, but then something like Bravely Default, I think, is on the other end because you loved Bravely Default, and I was super excited for the second one. Yeah, yeah, you followed it to the next, and then game. I was incredibly right. disappointed and then had a shitty by that experience one. with it. Yeah, yeah. Be, but I would argue that part of the reason you loved Tactics so much was also the gameplay. Partially, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, is it just the story, or is it kind of that combination? Well, I feel well, like it's a marrying of those elements, and I think that's what—that's part of what makes games unique—is because you sort of attach yourself to a game's story through the mechanics right. and stuff. Like, like for me, it's like the Resident Evil games, right? Um, just gave out Resident Evil Four, but like when I was a kid, right? Like me and my brother, like we grew up playing the original Resident Evil games. Now at that time, my stupid six-year-old brain was not competent enough to really grasp who you know, Albert Wesker was or any of this sort of stuff. But like, I was really compelled by the gameplay. Right. But because of my experiences with those, I was super compelled to play every game in the, the series. And then it's like, as I grew older and started to like pay attention to who the characters were and what was happening in the storyline, then it became, okay, I'm just attached to this series now. And I'll just play any game in the series because I love these characters. I love what the games have done right. up to then. So even when it took like these weird departures, like Resident Evil 5 and 6, like I was still there. I didn't That's enjoy good, them yeah. as much, but it's like weird, I still though. followed it. It's like... You know? It's like I can I can see what you're saying, but at the same time I'm like, I mean maybe what I'm actually saying is just like, I get emotionally attached to good games. <laughs> like oh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like both mechanics do play in part to the gameplay, but like in Final Fantasy Tactics, at least there's like some semblance. I mean I play that game at least, I've beaten that game at least twenty to thirty some odd times. I just downloaded. I feel really bad about this, but I just spent money <laughs> to download the Final Fantasy Tactics. War of the uh, War of the Lions on my phone, huh. like an idiot. <laughs> but still, I realized that I've always been drawn to this game because for some reason I'm like attached, very attached to the story. Like the story yeah. in that game is just. If we're looking at extremes, I think I would enjoy a game more if it had a shitty story but awesome gameplay over a game that had shitty gameplay and an awesome story. Well, can, can, I, can I throw an example of this? I know sure. a perfect example of this. Final Fantasy VII. No, we'll all agree with this, what? right? We'll the all agree with this, and oh. I'm glad we can talk about this while Liz is not here. It's dated. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. We are all stoked for Kingdom Hearts 3, but I don't think a single person in this room could, Gameplay was could great. diligently talk about what the fuck is going on in the storyline uh, of Kingdom Hearts. It, and for I, me, it does not matter. Because I just love, the, I love this theming and the yeah. setting and the gameplay. I just gameplay. love seeing Disney characters. I, it's like going to Disney World. Uh, I agree. Where I was a cool Japanese I agree that I can't character. recite it, but I was really attached to the story after the first game. And mm. I remember that. Okay. And that brought me into the second one. And I love that world. Yeah. And that's the same reason that I like cool. Halo, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. It's not... It's like the universe. I mean, exactly. Like yeah. the, the story was great. And I remember it being great. And I know it is because I've gone back and played it. But it's the universe that it created yeah. that drove me to games like ODST and Reach. Yeah. Um, and 4 and 5. Actually, actually, you know what? That's a lot like Day actually, Sex for me. You are absolutely right. Because like whenever I ever decide to like pretend to like write stories or whatever... It's always in that like weird like fantasy medieval times yeah, area. Right. Uh-huh. Like that's you're right. Maybe yeah. it's my mm. like alert to the universe. I don't know. Yeah, every I mean, book I'm, I read is uh, in that universe. By well, the way. I'm thinking about that now. Like that's totally. Um, there you go. The fable. Fable. Games. Oh god, fable. Fable. Yes. <laughs> I have Thank such you, an attraction. You know what? That that might be. Uh, sorry, Beowulf on our chat just mentioned fable, and that might be my game. That's more like I'm just attached to that 
universe more so than it actually being a good game. <laughs> I like, mean, Fable Two was garbage. Well, Sorry, Beowulf, if you like that. Fable, Fable Two was One a, was. Fable, Fable, Fable I love Fable One. Was a shit game for garbage people. Okay, that was a terrible, terrible. Three game. was still bad, but I liked it. We played it together. I, I think, think I like Three only because it made me think of how hard it was to be the bad guy for good reasons or the good guy for what which essentially makes bad outcomes which is the king one right when uh, you become when you yeah, become that king. Was you'll put that dog in the second one dude the, this Best I, dog was, I i could rip the dog was actually two kind of for annoying. so long and i've i've seen people defend that game tooth and nail saying like yes like fable 2 is such a great game no no fable 2 is an ass the dog was the best part of that game. game the combat was bad they had that the weird game like where the was... combat was bad. The all of the the locomotion of the game was terrible. Yep. Just moving around the world was awful. See, but I just, and then the game yeah. treated you like a fucking idiot and was like, "Oh, we don't believe that you know what you're doing or would have any conception of where you are in this world." So here's this gold path that yeah. you can follow everywhere in the that fucking game. And here's a whole shitload of mechanics that you're never going to use, but they're here just so you feel like you're missing out on something by not using them. I will say, oh my god, <laughs> it was so bad. The, to me, the things that had going for it, uh, it was Fable. <laughs> um, it had an economy system, which was not great. But it that wasn't as readily available in games as it was sure these days. It, it was a, what do you it mean? Was a shake up. It was what do you mean? Um, like economy you could system. invest in yeah. shops and shit. Right. Like oh. you could build your fortune oh, yeah. in other ways. Wait, is, well, that was on the third one too, right? Yeah, because I built think that's on how that. I, I yeah, left yeah. my Xbox on to make money. Yes, and so I did loser. get really. I did get <laughs> so attached stupid. to that dog. Uh, there weren't a lot of yeah, dogs in video games back then. And then had to yeah. go into my game to get some potion to revive it. No, it's two, you're thinking of two different events. One, I drank a potion that changed my gender. Oh, yeah, you became a female. Permanently. Oh, I think funny. that was in the second one. And you one. only get one of those potions a game. You I get think. one of those potions, so I had to trade for another one, which is stupid. Yeah. But I did kill my dog. Uh, as one, You had to do it to like save the world. Yeah. And uh, in the DLC, I was a good guy, so I never killed any villager or anything. I never did anything evil on purpose. And the DLC came out, and it was like, here's this island where you have to sacrifice one villager, and you can bring your dog back. It's like, fuck this guy. First thing I did <laughs> kill the villager immediately, threw him in the cemetery, and got my dog back. That's too funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of games that do this. I, I was mentioning Deus Ex before. Like, that's a series that, like, what you were saying before, like, just the theming in the yeah. world. Like, I love that the cyberpunk you know technological like neon signs and gritty underbelly of the city and stuff like i love that about deus ex i couldn't tell you a damn thing about the storyline and praxis kits arm things the game's great you know what i mean but like i'm way more in love with like the theming and the setting and i'll play a game that like i i think mankind divided ultimately got like decent to bad reviews but I still love that game just because it was in that. Is that world. the new one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, like I think eights, I think right? it was like de- I think it was like sevens or eights. Actually, <coughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm gonna bring this back way back, right, to my first ever Final MMO. Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> no, well, that was actually pretty far Ragnarok back too. Ragnarok Online. Ragnarok Online. Like I think the only lure there there was a story. I don't fucking know what that was about. So let's let's take this a step further. Any MMO. <laughs> this yeah. is true. I can't... I mean, okay, so I know... Uh, Actually, that's that's why I play Final Fantasy XIV. Dahlia was mentioning this before, but like she was saying, like, Guild Wars 2, yeah. the storyline, everybody loves the story, and there are there's definitely a huge, huge fan base behind that, that storyline. But I don't ever care about the story of oh, a yeah. world. To me, I only care about it, what it feels like to live in that world. See, is it the story of the lore, you know? 
in MMOs. Because the lore in a lot of the games get gets really in-depth, and that's what people get into in MMOs. Yeah. But the actual story... Well, I think it really depends on the one you play. Like, yeah. uh, like I don't know what your guys' experiences with Final Fantasy XIV is, but in Final Fantasy XIV, the way they frame the story is you are the hero. Like, I feel like in games like WoW, it's like you hear about these grandiose things that are happening to the other hero characters, and yeah. you're just part of that world. In Final Fantasy XIV, you are the hero. So, you are the catalyst of all the major things happening So in the they're world. like, you're, you are the hero of the story, you will save the world. And here's five hundred five hundred thousand other people that are the well. No, it's it's like I don't like that. But no, 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 it totally makes sense with it because even in like a raid context, right, where you're playing with like twenty other characters in one battle, it's like all of the cutscenes are geared towards you are this character and you have assembled this team of people that are going to help you. But from everyone else's perspective, they're like you are the hero and you've assembled this team. Mm, Sure. Great, whatever. It works. The reason why I like Ragnarok Online is because you were just some average schmuck trying to get a job, and that job ended up being a swordsman or a mage or a cleric or whatever, and then you just grew that way through a guild, like a, like a guild that would progress your class, and then you just live your life. I actually really enjoyed that. I don't See, know I'm, I'm not even sure I would call what you said, Skirbo, a story. Mm. Like, what, you were ta- what both of you were talking about is kind of like, uh, it's like starter stuff, and then it leads into the gameplay, which is all what MMOs are generally. Uh, and a game like Last of Us, I'm driven by both the gameplay and the story. MMOs, I'm just past that kind of explanation, um, like that kind of outer shell explanation, sort of like Final Fantasy 15, where it started off cool and you had this framework for a cool game, but it never really dove into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, MMOs never carry that weight all the way to the end. Yeah, like I, feel like, I feel like in some stances they try to, but <laughs> not not in the same way that, like, you know single player right i mean here's the thing it's like again mmos catered to so many like we all like mmos for different reasons yeah i mean there's a reason drastically different reasons there's a reason mmos are like that yeah uh and they don't have to have a good story but it makes for a good example of why you can have a game with not a wonderful story but solid gameplay and community social aspects yeah Mm -hmm. i think like i so you and i'm looking at chat you and i have never played an mmo before but i can not to- together yeah but i can totally get a read on the t- the way that you play these games and it's like like it's almost like the the story or framework or whatever is just a way for you to project yourself onto what the character's doing oh yeah absolutely like, yeah. absolutely absolutely justin will sit in a town for like four hours and just talk to people yeah and like, i love other, that oh, sorry, get, other humans. Enroll, and you're like oi hello traveler no i don't get <laughs> enroll i like <laughs> i mess with people my, my experience with games it's like I like to chat with people, but more in like a while. Let's do something while we're doing it. Like I like to accomplish things. Mm. I get really antsy if I'm sitting around just talking. I yeah. like to play the game, you know. Yeah. See, like weirdly enough, Sorry, like the whole Ragnarok Online thing, very outdated. Given like given, there's no story, there are no quests. But like at the end of the day, like back when <laughs> Ragnarok Online was good, it was like you'd go into town and you would have just gaggles of people everywhere and there would literally be like a little corner of the main city dedicated to just these clerics or whatever teleporting people around like that was their job there was no npc for that so people would give them actual money to teleport them to a special like a specific location Hmm. and they would just sit around chatting with each other when somebody come over and be like hey does anybody have a teleport to this place and it was like yeah i do but do you want to go here instead And they're like yeah like give me this and that and then done Right. Has, has this uh, has this nostalgia taste? Joe? It tastes yeah. great, <laughs> and that, with that same thing, I would go in town, sit down, and we just start having conversations. So, with can we? People. So, I would put MMOs on one side of the yeah, equation that like that. Really but can we think of games that? I don't know. Like, I know, we, I know, we're going along on this too. But um, games that are really just story focused, and the gameplay is kind of like 
you know, take it or leave it. Over the moon. Oh yeah, to the moon is a I great can't, example. Of that. To the moon. I can't. I can't. I haven't. I have that game. I bought that game because I heard it's like a tearjerker. I have not actually been able to go into it because the resolution's so absolute shit. Oh, it's it's absolutely fucking. And it's shit made with like RPG Maker. Yeah, but it's it's good, and that actually has a really compelling, heartfelt story. Like. Like, I legitimately was, like, visibly upset when I played that game. I was no, vomiting no, tears. <laughs> and I was I'm vomiting. not saying upset because I was, like, mad or whatever, but, like, it's a very, like, sad, emotionally moving game. Like, that that one, I think, definitely... Um, See, it's hard for I me feel to... like people want to say stuff like Gone Home or whatever, but I don't, yeah. even, I don't think that game really accomplishes that very well. Undertale? Um, but it's harder for me to jump into no, something because like that, that. Undertale, I think... No, no, like, the gameplay was great. Yeah. Like, they, they had a unique gameplay. Like, there's style. very rarely do I see, like, a, a modern a game, game where I, turn I paid attention. Tactics. It made yeah. me pay attention to the story. Like, I, I gave a shit, you know what I mean? But I'm more willing I to jump into shit. an MMO than I am to really give a chance to a story-based game. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just me. But, I don't know, it's more compelling. It's hard. To, it's hard to sell someone on a story a lot of the time. Especially in a video game, that's just an interactive experience. Yeah, I think that's why the ones that marry gameplay with story very well; those are the ones that for shine, sure, you for know? sure. Um, yeah, but no, this was a, this is an interesting question. Yeah, hmm. I think it would be cool to sort of expand on this a little bit more, but uh, unfortunately, we are running out, out of time. time, and I'm coughing up a lung, so I don't. In case you didn't know, it. ladies and gentlemen, this was the TZR podcast, episode eighty-seven. Uh, you can download our, our podcast happens every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on discord.gg slash TZR in our live channel where you can join us and comment and say awesome things and hang out with all the sweet people in the TZR community. And you we can apologize also... about the fans, by the way. Yeah, sorry about oh, yeah. the fan noise. Uh, you can also download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or any podcasting services across the web. If you do, throw us a rating, you know? Tell, tell us how you like it. It helps other people find the podcast. It gets more people involved in the community. It's great. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can reach us at podcast at com. Make sure to check out com for all of our news and reviews that we post up new stuff every single day. Uh, follow us on all our social business. And, yeah. That's it. Streaming? Did you say streaming? Audible? Oh, we also stream every uh, every cat. week. I believe Jeff is on right now. He's streaming on Twitch. If you want to check us out at twitch.tv slash the zero review. Uh, I will also probably be streaming one day this week. I'm not sure when. Uh, my my schedule's a little all over the place, but I do enjoy streaming quite a bit. Uh, and if people pester me enough in Discord, I usually break and do it. <laughs> um, anywho, sorry, Allie, I can't eat dinner with you tonight. I got to go stream. I, would it, people want it? I, that literally happens. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, anyway, <laughs> away from fi- thank you, Justin. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, thank you, Skirbo. Justin. Thanks, guys. Skirbo. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Uh, and we will see you on next week's podcast, where we will have a totally special, awesome guest interview. Oh yeah, with a fantastic. Oh, we didn't talk about that at yeah, all. I wish I would have mentioned this earlier. We have an interview <laughs> with a retro console modder by the name of Zelda X Pro, and what he made is fucking what dope. He made is so cool, so cool. So if you guys are interested in retro games or modding or anything like that, be sure to check out next week's episode. But for now, we will leave you with this awesome outro song. Good night. Goodbye. Good night.